0: This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. What do you do when it seems like everybody else is getting their dreams and you're not? Heather Thompson Day's book, It's Not Your Turn, may be just the right thing for you. Stay tuned until the end of the episode to find out more. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truth's table. This is IVP. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes, that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading, 2 Kings chapter 25, verses 22 through 26. Gedaliah appointed governor. Now King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon appointed Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, son of Shaphan, as governor over the people whom he allowed to remain in the land of Judah. All the officers of the Judahite army, and their troops heard that the king of babylon had appointed Gedaliah to govern. So they came to Gedaliah at Mizpah. The officers who came were Ishmael son of Nathaniah, Johanan son of Kareah, Saraiah, son of Tahumith, the netophathite, and Jezaniah son of the Machathite. Gedaliah took an oath so as to give them and their troops some assurance of safety. He said, You don't need to be afraid to submit to the Babylonian officials. Settle down in the land and submit to the king of Babylon. Then things will go well for you. But in the seventh month, Ishmael, son of Nathaniah, son of Shama, who was a member of the royal family, came with ten of his men and murdered Gedaliah, as well as the Judeans and Babylonians who were with him at Mizpah. Then all the people from the youngest to the oldest, as well as the army officers, left for Egypt because they were afraid of what the Babylonians might do. Jeremiah chapter 40 verses 7 through Jeremiah chapter 41. Jeremiah chapter 40 beginning at verse 7. A small Judean province is established at Mizpah. Now some of the officers of the Judean army and their troops had been hiding in the countryside. They heard that the king of Babylon had appointed Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, to govern the country. They also heard that he had been put in charge over the men, women, and children from the poor classes of the land who had not been carried off into exile in Babylon. So all these officers and their troops came to Gedaliah and Mizpah. The officers who came were Ishmael, son of Nathaniah, Johanan, and Jonathan, the sons of Kerea, Saraiah, son of Tanhumath, the sons of Ephi, the Netophathite, And Jezaniah, son of the Makathite, Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam and grandson of Shaphan, took an oath, so as to give them and their troops some assurance of safety. Do not be afraid to submit to the Babylonians. Settle down in the land and submit to the king of Babylon. Then things will go well for you. I, for my part, will stay at Mizpah to represent you before the Babylonians whenever they come to us. You, for your part, go ahead and harvest the wine, the dates, the figs, and the olive oil and store them in jars. Go ahead and settle down in the towns that you have taken over. Moreover, all the Judeans who were in Moab, Ammon, Edom, and all the other countries heard what had happened. They heard that the king of Babylon had allowed some people to stay in Judah, and that he had appointed Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, and grandson of Shaphan, to govern them. So all these Judeans returned to the land of Judah from the places where they had been scattered. They came to Gedaliah at Mizpah. Thus, they harvested a large amount of wine and dates and figs. Ishmael murders Gedaliah and carries off the Judeans at Mizpah as captives. Johanan, son of Korea, and all the officers of the troops that had been hiding in the open country came to Gedaliah at Mizpah. They said to him, Are you at all aware that King Balis of Amman has sent Ishmael, son of Nathaniah, To kill you? But Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, would not believe them. Then Johanan, son of Kareah, spoke privately to Gedaliah there at Mizpah Let me go and kill Ishmael, the son of Nathaniah, before anyone knows about it. Otherwise, he will kill you, and all the Judeans who have rallied around you will be scattered. Then what remains of Judah will disappear. But Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, said to Jehoanan, son of Kareah, Do not do that, because what you are saying about Ishmael is not true. Jeremiah chapter 41 beginning at verse 1. But in the seventh month, Ishmael, the son of Nethaniah, and grandson of Elishamah, who was a member of the royal family and had been one of Zedekiah's chief officers, came with ten of his men to Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, at Mizpah. While they were eating a meal together with him, there at Mizpah, Ishmael, son of Nathaniah, and the ten men who were with him, stood up, pulled out their swords, and killed Gedaliah, the son of Ahikam, and grandson of Shaphan. Thus, Ishmael killed the man that the king of Babylon had appointed to govern the country. Ishmael also killed all the Judeans who were there with Gedaliah and Mizpah and the Babylonian soldiers who happened to be there. On the day after Gedaliah had been murdered, before anyone even knew about it, 80 men arrived from Shechem, Shiloh, and Samaria. They had shaved off their beards, torn their clothes, and cut themselves to show they were mourning. They were carrying grain offerings and incense to present at the temple of the Lord in Jerusalem. Ishmael, son of Nathaniah, went out from Mizpah to meet them. He was pretending to cry as he walked along. When he met them, he said to them, Come with me to meet Gedaliah, son of Ahikam." But as soon as they were inside the city, Ishmael, son of Nathaniah, and the men who were with him, slaughtered them and threw their bodies in a cistern. But there were ten men among them who said to Ishmael, Do not kill us, for we will give you the stores of wheat, barley, olive oil, and honey we have hidden in a field. So he spared their lives and did not kill them along with the rest. And a cistern where Ishmael threw all the dead bodies, Bodies, and those he had killed was a large one that King Asa had constructed as part of his defenses against King Baasha of Israel. Ishmael, son of Nathaniah, filled it with dead bodies. Then Ishmael took captive all the people who were still left alive in Mizpah. This included the royal princesses and all the rest of the people in Mizpah. Then Nebuzaradan, the captain of the royal guard, had put under the authority of Gedaliah, son of Ahikam. Ishmael, son of Nathaniah, took all these people captive and set out to cross over to the Ammonites. Johanan rescues the people Ishmael had carried off. Johanan, son of Korea, and all the army officers who were with him heard about all the atrocities that Ishmael, son of Nathaniah, had committed. So they took all their troops and went to fight against Ishmael, son of Nathaniah. They caught up with him near the large pool at Gibeon. And all the people that Ishmael had taken captive saw Johanan, son of Korea, and all the army officers with him. They were glad. All those people that Ishmael had taken captive from Mizpah turned and went over to Johanan, son of Korea. But Ishmael, son of Nathaniah, managed to escape from Johanan along with eight of his men, and he went on over to Amun. Johanan, son of Korea, all of the army officers who were with him led off all the people who had been left alive at Mizpah. They had rescued them from Ishmael, son of Nathaniah, after he killed Gadaliah, son of Ahikam. They led off the men, women, children, soldiers, and court officials whom they had brought away from Gibeon. They set out to go to Egypt to get away from the Babylonians, but stopped at Geruth-Gimham, near Bethlehem. They were afraid of what the Babylonians might do because Ishmael, son of Nephaniah had killed Gedaliah, son of Ahikam, whom the king of Babylon had appointed to govern the country. Obadiah chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. God's judgment on Edom. The vision that Obadiah saw. The sovereign Lord says this concerning Edom. Edom's approaching destruction. We have heard a report from the Lord. An envoy was sent among the nations, saying, Arise, let us make war against Edom. The Lord says, Look, I will make you a weak nation. You will be greatly despised. Your presumptuous heart has deceived you. You who reside in the safety of the rocky cliffs, whose home is high in the mountains, you think to yourself, No one can bring me down to the ground. Even if you were to soar high like an eagle, even if you were to make your nest among the stars, I can bring you down even from there, says the Lord. If thieves came to rob you during the night, they would steal only as much as they wanted. If grape pickers came to harvest your vineyards, they would leave some behind for the poor. But you will be totally destroyed. How the people of Esau will be thoroughly plundered. Their hidden valuables will be ransacked. All your allies will force you from your homeland. Your treaty partners will deceive you and overpower you. Your trusted friends will set an ambush for you that will take you by surprise. At that time, the Lord says, I will destroy the wise sages of Edom, the advisors from Esau's mountain. Your warriors will be shattered, O Timon, so that everyone will be destroyed from Esau's mountain. Edom's treachery against Judah. Because you violently slaughtered your relatives, the people of Jacob, shame will cover you. You will be destroyed forever. You stood aloof while strangers took his army captive, and foreigners advanced to his gates. When they cast lots over Jerusalem, you behaved as though you were in league with them. You should not have gloated when your relatives suffered calamity. You should not have rejoiced over the people of Judah when they were destroyed. You should not have boasted when they suffered adversity. You should not have entered the city of my people when they experienced distress. You should not have joined in gloating over their misfortune when they suffered distress. You should not have looted their wealth when they endured distress. You should not have stood at the fork in the road to slaughter those trying to escape. You should not have captured the refugees when they suffered adversity. The coming day of the Lord. For the day of the Lord is approaching for all the nations. Just as you have done, so it will be done to you. You will get exactly what your deeds deserve. For just as you have drunk on my holy mountain, so all the nations will drink continually. They will drink and they will gulp down. They will be as though they had never been. But on Mount Zion there will be a remnant of those who escape, and it will be a holy place once again. The descendants of Jacob will conquer those who had conquered them. The descendants of Jacob will be a fire, and the descendants of Joseph a flame. The descendants of Esau will be like stubble. They will burn them up and devour them. There will not be a single survivor of the descendants of Esau. Indeed, the Lord has spoken it. The people of the Negev will take possession of Esau's mountain, and the people of the foothills will take possession of the land of the Philistines. They will also take possession of the territory of Ephraim and the territory of Samaria, and the people of Benjamin will take possession of Gilead. The exiles of this fortress of the people of Israel will take possession of what belongs to the people of Canaan as far as Zarephath, and the exiles of Jerusalem, who are in Sephara, will take possession of the towns of the Negev. Those who have been delivered will go up on Mount Zion in order to rule over Esau's mountain. Then the Lord, will reign as king. Psalm chapter 43. Vindicate me, O God. Fight for me against an ungodly nation. Deliver me from deceitful and evil men. For you are the God who shelters me. Why do you reject me? Why must I walk around mourning because my enemies oppress me? Reveal your light and your faithfulness they will lead me. They will escort me back to your holy hill and to the place where you live. Then I will go to the altar of God, to the God who gives me ecstatic joy, so that I may express my thanks to you, O God, my God, with a harp. Why are you depressed, O my soul? Why are you upset? Wait for God, for I will again give thanks to my God for his saving intervention. Psalm chapter 85. For the music director, written by the Korahites, a psalm. O Lord, you showed favor to your land. You restored the well-being of Jacob. You pardoned the wrongdoing of your people. You forgave all their sin. Selah. You withdrew all your fury. You turned back from your raging anger. Restore us, O God, our Deliverer. Do not be displeased with us. Will you stay mad at us forever? Will you remain angry throughout future generations? Will you not revive us once more? Then your people will rejoice in you. O Lord, show us your loyal love. Bestow on us your deliverance. I will listen to what God the Lord says. For he will make peace with his people, his faithful followers. Yet they must not return to their foolish ways. Certainly his loyal followers will soon experience his deliverance. Then his splendor will again appear in our land. Loyal love and faithfulness meet. Deliverance and peace greet each other with a kiss. Faithfulness grows from the ground, and deliverance looks down from the sky. Yes, the Lord will bestow his good blessings, and our land will yield its crops. Deliverance goes before him and prepares a pathway for him. New Testament reading. Acts chapter 16, verses 11 through 40. Arrival at Philippi. We put out to sea from Tross and sailed a straight course to Sumathrace, the next day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of that district of Macedonia, a Roman colony. We stayed in this city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the city gate to the side of the river, where we thought there would be a place of prayer, and we sat down and began to speak to the women who had assembled there, a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, A God-fearing woman listened to us. The Lord opened her heart to respond to what Paul was saying. After she and her household were baptized, she urged us, If you consider me to be a believer in the Lord, come and stay in my house. And she persuaded us. Paul and Silas are thrown into prison. Now, as we were going to the place of prayer, a slave girl met us who had a spirit that enabled her to foretell the future by supernatural means. She brought her owners a great prophet by fortune telling. She followed behind Paul and us and kept crying out, these men are servants of the most high God who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. She continued to do this for many days. But Paul became greatly annoyed and turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out of her at once. But when her owners saw their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. When they had brought them before the magistrates, they said, these men are throwing our city into confusion. They are Jews and are advocating customs that are not lawful for us to accept or practice since we are Romans. The crowd joined the attack against them and the magistrates tore the clothes off Paul and Silas and ordered them to be beaten with rods. After they had beaten them severely, they threw them into prison and commanded the jailer to guard them securely. Receiving such orders, he threw them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the rest of the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly a great earthquake occurred so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Immediately all the doors flew open and the bonds of all the prisoners came loose. When the jailer woke up and saw the doors of the prison standing open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he assumed the prisoners had escaped. But Paul called out loudly, "'Do not harm yourself, for we are all here!' Calling for lights, the jailer rushed in and fell down, trembling at the feet of Paul and Silas. Then he brought them outside and asked, "'Sirs, what must I do to be saved?' They replied, "'Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household.' Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him, along with those who were in his house." At that hour of the night, he took them and washed their wounds. Then he and all his family were baptized right away. The jailer brought them into his house and set food before them, and he rejoiced greatly that he had come to believe in God together with his entire household. At daybreak, the magistrates sent their police officers, saying, Release those men. The jailer reported these words to Paul, saying, The magistrates have sent orders to release you, so come out now and go in peace. But Paul said to the police officers, They have beaten us in public without a proper trial, even though we are Roman citizens, and they threw us in prison. And now they want to send us away secretly? Absolutely not. They themselves must come and escort us out. The police officers reported these words to the magistrates. They were frightened when they heard Paul and Silas were Roman citizens and came and apologized to them. After they brought them out, they asked them repeatedly to leave the city. When they came out of the prison, they entered Lydia's house. When they saw the brothers, they encouraged them and then departed. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Covenant-keeping God, thank you, thank you, thank you for your word. Thank you, O God, that you truly are the God of deliverance, O God when we are caught between a rock and a hard place, when we are hemmed in from every side, when we feel we are abandoned or forsaken, or we feel as though you don't hear our cries or or that our prayers are bouncing off the wall, oh God, I thank you, oh God, that you indeed, your compassion, your favor breaks forth, oh God, right in the nick of time. According to your timing, not our own, but according to your timing, oh God, you stand ready to deliver, oh God. So I thank you, oh God, for for the psalms that remind us. Why are you so downcast, my soul? Put your hope in God. Help us, oh God, that even when we are despairing, even when we feel. And we are, literally, when we are hemmed in and we are in between a rock and a hard place, oh God, I pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will help us to encourage ourselves, that you would help us, oh God, to look to you, to look back at your track record in our lives or in the lives of others, oh God, in our lives, oh God, to know, oh God, that you cannot and you will not abandon nor forsaken the work of your hands, oh God. So would you help us to look to you for strong deliverance, oh God? Would you help us, oh God, in the same way, oh God, that we see the way that you deliver Paul and Silas, O oh God, in the prison, oh God, and just seeing the jailer who was about, who was just after the earthquake occurred, O oh God, and, and the prisoners, oh God, were there in that jail and were free where well, they could have escaped, oh God, but they were there, oh God, the jailer was about to kill himself, God, in that moment. And then he said he saw the power of God at work. He, and Paul interceded and stopped and said, hey, don't harm yourself. Don't harm yourself. We're all here. We are here and accounted for. And because of the integrity and because of the power of God at work there in that jail, that supernatural power at work, that jailer wanted to know what he needed to do to be saved. And Paul told him he needed to believe on Jesus Christ. So that jailer went from the brink of death to eternal life in an instant, that's what you do, oh God. Not just him, but his household. God, I thank that you are a covenant-keeping God, oh God. I thank you, O oh God, that you save entire families, oh God. So I am praying, oh God, for those who are standing in the gap, for family members, for children, for cousins, for aunts, for uncles, for mothers, for fathers, oh God, for relatives, for siblings, for play cousins. God, I pray to the God of the covenant, covenant-keeping God, that you, oh God, will reach down, oh God by your grace, that you would save them, that you would draw them by the power of the Holy Spirit, draw them unto yourself, O God. Show yourself strong. Save those. Remove scales from their eyes so that they can see the light of the gospel, O God. You did it, O God, for the jailer, O God, in acts, O God. And I know you can do it for those, O God, who are standing in the cap for their family, O God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your abundant grace and favor. Thank you, O God, for Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, in whom we have eternal life. I pray all of this in the mighty and matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Has your Instagram feed made you feel like everyone else is more successful, more fulfilled, and happier than you? If so, You're not alone in wondering when your turn will come. In her book, It's Not Your Turn, Heather Thompson Day unpacks instant gratification and peer comparison in a social media world. She shares how we can learn to walk slowly and trust God to do his work in us, being more present in our relationships rather than striving for premature image-based success. Here's what to do while you're waiting for your breakthrough so that you can be ready when it's your turn.